This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for August 9th, episode 1490. Good morning, Horse World. When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday, and it doesn't get much better than best conditioned... And completing the challenge is the challenge. You're an endurance rider. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. But don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me up. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this Endurance Day with Karen Chatton, the first Endurance Day since the Tevis Cup. We're going to talk all about that. But Karen, before we get started, there's so much going on right now. We have the Olympics, and uh, yesterday was cross-country day for the eventers. We talked about it here on the show yesterday. We were kind of following along. Man, uh, Jennifer and I watched most of the day, and it was a tough cross-country course. It uh, definitely separated the best from the uh, from from everybody else who was trying really hard wow. because it was it was kind of a tough day and Jennifer you um you got to watch more of it than I did what were, what was your opinion on the whole thing well the early on after the course walks many of the competitors were commenting that it was a proper four star course and it was going to be tough which was interesting because pre-Olympics, there were a lot there was a lot of chit chat about the Olympics being quote watered down. So it that is, it's more, supposed to be a three star, not a four, right? It's a um see that's where it's I'm a confused three star. because no, I thought a, it was supposed to be a three star. It is a three star, yep. yeah. Yeah. And there were complaints about that, but but they want to keep it easy enough that more countries can participate because the whole point of the Olympics is to have the whole world participate, right? Okay, makes sense. And then they get there and it's almost like, oh goodness, this really is the real deal world championship kind of cross country course. And I agree completely with the commentary that said that he designed a very, very clever course because there were lots of problems on the course. But the problems were not the kinds of problems that cause lots and lots of injuries to horses or riders. They were the kind of problems that cause lots and lots of penalties and run outs and, and, yeah, and refusals <laughs> oh, and run outs and things like that. There were a lot of skinnies yeah, lot that of the horses penalties. went yeah. off the side. <laughs> it's just, you know, didn't quite make the skinny. And there were a lot of flags knocked down. If you were a flag person at the obstacles at the jumps <laughs> yesterday, you were busy putting those flags back up. Yeah, very busy. Uh, yeah. Now, the way it turned out, and uh, the news, uh, the Aussies are very excited this morning. Christopher Burton is leading the way in the individual uh, head of my 
Michael Young, who's in second, and there is one rail. Well, actually, not even quite a rail between them. So it's going to be an interesting show jumping, which, by the way, starts right now. So, Karen, I am not sure we're going to have any buddy listening live today <laughs> because everybody's going to be watching show jumping on the olympics by the way the best oh, well. way to do that we found yesterday we watched the usa coverage and it was awful yesterday of the cross country now you know it's cross country i'm blaming it all on the director or the producer or whoever was doing fault. it they didn't know a damn thing about yep. horses because every oh. time karen they would come up and somebody would have a refusal at a jump and go around to take it again they would cut away so i think they were afraid of showing anybody falling that was oh. having trouble. So all we saw was horses galloping. We are, and, and, and a lot more horses galloping, galloping. than actually jumping fences. Yeah. Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. We turned it off. The live oh, feed was gosh. much better because it was just showing the jumps and it would hang with it. If, if somebody was having troubles, you could see if they actually got over it. Oh, uh, good. So I would, if you got a choice to watch today, USA coverage, I mean, they can't cut away from show jumping, right? Uh, so if they're, if they're having trouble, they still got to continue showing it. But, but you know, it was still a much better coverage, and, and we thought on the live feed. So that's uh, NBC Olympics right now. And Michael Young, of course, who was the favorite going to this, is sitting in second. And then uh, uh, Alistair and, and Nicholas from France is sitting in third. But the cool part, Mark Todd in fourth, one of the oldest Olympians competing at 60. And then at fifth and sixth, we're so excited because Philip Dutton and Boyd Martin, uh, two Americans, are sitting in fifth and sixth. So that's good. Now, however, the United States cannot qualify for a a team medal because two of our... uh, Two of our riders had to pull out or or uh, went off course yesterday, so they will not qualify for the team medals, which means the United States can't qualify uh-huh. for a team medal. But the way it sits right now, our Australian friends who comprise our second largest listening audience here on Horses in the Morning are in first place with the team. New Zealand in second place, so we have that rivalry going on. And France is in third place, Germany four, and Netherlands in fifth. So that's how we sit I'm going to point something out. Yep. Here, and and I, I didn't figure this out for myself. Somebody else posted it on Facebook, but it was just too hilarious to not forward to the rest of the equinosphere. Technically, the Australians have a team and a half qualified because the only two Americans to complete yesterday are actually Australians. They were originally Australians. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Philip Dutton and Boyd Martin both are from Australia and became Americans. <laughs> so. so here's the thing. If we really want to field an excellent top-notch Olympic eventing team, don't import the horses. Import the riders. That's right. <laughs> there we go. And we horses come and go. Riders hang around. That's right. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt the endurance show with that, That's but okay. uh, it is the Olympics, so we have. Yes, to... yes, it's it's been great. I I mean, I've mostly just seen stuff like the gymnasts and the swimming and volleyball because that's what NBC is showing that's on right. the TV. That's yeah. Right. yeah. You have to go to the computer to watch anything that's not anything uh, else. Mainstream. I know. You know, because there are some weird-ass sports I've learned watching the uh, <laughs> on NBC Olympics. There but, is. It, they've even brought golf back this year. I know. Well, no, that's, a, that's a little more normal than speed walking. Right. You know? It, it, <laughs> I know. And even my husband who plays golf thinks he's like Golf is more like a game than a sport. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell the golfers that, okay? Yeah, I know. There's a lot of people that say that about horseback riding, too. There you go. (laughs) And I will add here, 
that I tried to watch a little bit of, was it, it's, it was one of the shooting disciplines, air rifle or something. That makes dressage look mega exciting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it like, was boring. Oh, hey, it was boring. Yeah. Wow. Because with the air rifle, you don't even get, the, like, if it's a twenty two, at least you hear a bang, right? With air rifles, like, psh, and then there, there's a <laughs> bullet it. hit the thing, and it was, it was really boring. Yeah. Right. It right. made dressage look great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now on with the show. Jennifer, what is coming up on the endurance episode? Coming up on today's, wait, wait, I'm not ready. Endurance episode. Karen <laughs> reports back on her most recent adventures. Darcy White stops by to recount her rather amazing Tevis Cup ride. And Wayne Woolways tells us about the most awesome ride that nobody seems to know about, the Tahoe Rim. So stay tuned for the fray, folks. Thank you, Jennifer. Well, you know, before before we even get into the recap of Tevis, which when we start, we're probably not going to stop. There's another, I mean, there's so much going on right now. There are some mornings on this show, Karen, where Jamie, Jennifer, and I look at each other and go, nothing is happening. What the hell are we going to talk about for an hour and a half? <laughs> and that is not the case for these two weeks. We also have the Mongol Derby going on. It is, yes. So what's yes. happening over at the Mongol Derby? Have you been following it at all? I, I followed it a little bit. You know, there I know there's some endurance riders that are entered and the, the, that are still in. I think they're into their fourth or fifth, probably fifth to sixth day now um, going on. And some of the pictures that have been posted are, you know, very interesting because people are getting dumped off, you know, constantly, you, you know, it's like a real test of, you know, just how, how much can you bounce back and get back on and keep going? These, these people are tough. I mean, it's something I wouldn't really want to do, but they're out there still going along and, you know, getting on these half broke horses that, you, you know, that, uh, most of us probably wouldn't, even though they're small, <laughs> wouldn't want to be, you know, getting on a different horse every day for 25 or more miles and riding, you know, but it, it's definitely looking interesting. You, the um, I, I was looking at I was also looking at some of the pictures and it it is incredible to see these little horses and boy they get some air though um, uh -huh. when they want you off you're coming off <laughs> you, are, you are not staying on I'm trying to find I'm on the Mongol Derby website right now trying to see who is in the lead and I can't understand their map thing I just don't get it which reminds me and i was mad at you did, uh, we were trying to follow you for the tevis cup but you were nowhere on the map what happened there you know i tried and tried and tried to get one of those darn tracker things yeah and it never worked i mean it just i never i never got it you know it just never would um accept my payment for you know, online. And so I kind of just gave up on it. <laughs> well, next year we're buying you one. I'm buying you one because I was so frustrated that I couldn't follow you. Next year? <laughs> <laughs> I was frustrated. Yes, you're going to ride it next no, year, right? No, you no, have no, no you, choice. You, you, you have to do it every year. It's I a requirement. Need more, I need more time. <laughs> it's a requirement of the job. You have to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, well, my horse definitely think so he's already been moving water troughs around <laughs> so he needs a job 
Well, it looks like they are in the fifth day now of the Mongol Derby. So okay. uh, we will we will give you more updates. I'll I'll kind of do some research on that tomorrow, and we'll give you updates on who's doing what over okay. there. We always have the winner on every year, so let's hope they speak English because that could be trouble if they don't. Right, right. <laughs> you don't want to do that that whole thousand kilometer thing on feral horses. <laughs> no, well, gosh, the entry fee isn't the entry fee like oh, thirteen thousand oh, dollars. It's, it's twelve, thirteen thousand, yeah, yeah. Plus the travel, it which is to be another. tortured for twelve days. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> With bad food, bad horses, pretty scenery though. You get pretty guess, scenery. So one thing yeah. you get while you're while you're while you're having the runs from eating the bad food. So. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'll stick to something easy like Tevis. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's only 100 miles through the mountains. It's fine. It's only one day. <laughs> but you get to eat your own food. You don't have to eat that weird stuff out of a bowl, you know? It, yeah. Exactly. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about that. You just finished her, how many was this? Fifth or sixth? Um, for me, it was seven. Seven. And, and for Bo, it was his fifth, which is Congratulations, really, really good. Thanks, because he started five and he's finished five. And I've actually finished the last seven in a row, which is really kind of cool. Wow. So now that does, and that's unheard of because tell us about how many started and finished and all of that. Um, I think 165 started, 87 finished. So that made for 78 that did not for a 52.7% completion rate. Is that about normal? That's about normal. It's usually right around half or so. Some years it's a little over or other years a little under. Um, it just depends on, you know, the conditions. The conditions this year really weren't too bad. Uh, you know, it, of course it was hot. They told us in the canyons that had reached over 100 degrees, like 110. Um, But at least there wasn't a a lot of humidity. Like the year before, we had more humidity because in the morning it had actually rained on us. And then that really makes things, you know, difficult. Wow. And now, so tell us about your ride. How did it go for you? Um, It went really well. Well, everything just sort of fell together. The, and one of the interesting stories I have was I was at, at the ride meeting, which is, you know, 637 o'clock the night before the ride. And we get up at like three in the morning to get ready. So during the. Oh, I think we've lost Karen. Yep. I believe we have. Yeah. We're getting to the good part, too. I know. Just what we're going to have to... She's been having internet trouble all morning. We're going to have to give her a call on the phone, which means you're actually going to... Jennifer, could you let her know that? Uh, we're actually going to yep. have to... You're going to hear the phone ringing because there's no other way to do this. Um, we were afraid that she would... Uh, that we would actually lose her. So we will try and give her a call on the phone. Right now, she lives in the mountains and of Nevada, and they don't have the best internet connection, and she will usually drop out with a word yeah. or two. If, if her next door, if her next door neighbor is shopping on Amazon, there's not enough. Juice yeah, left or one to... of the kids is playing uh, video <laughs> games. Uh, can you type her a note though and let her know, please? So we'll get her back here. Uh, 
Let's see if we well, we'll see if we can get her back. Hello. Are you back? I'm back. Yeah, I figured that your internet is not I'm holding my... out today. You dropped off completely. So uh, Oh, it must be the internet. Sorry. That's all right. All right. Tell us about your ride. Okay, you so we're meeting. at the ride meeting the, the night before the ride, and I get a text from my crew who is canceling on me. What? <gasps> what? Yeah. But yeah, this is like hours before I'm due to get up to do the ride. And this is the crew person who we're supposed to send my cart and all the stuff down into Robinson's flat, which is the first out bed check. And so I'm just sitting there kind of like dumbfounded in the middle of the ride meeting going, oh, no, what am I going to do? So I texted a friend of mine and said, my crew just canceled on me. What, you know, what am I going to do? Because I have one crew person there, which was Wayne, who's going to be a guest on the show um, later this morning. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm down to one crew person. I'm like, what am I going to do? So I texted my friend and she wrote back and said, well, um, we'll, we'll, we'll get up at two in the morning and we'll be there and we'll meet Wayne in Auburn at, at uh, five in the morning. And they did. And so my friends, Jim and Jackie came and met up with Wayne and they crewed for me all the way through to the finish. Oh my God. Well, give them a round of applause. <laughs> I know they're awesome friends. So wow. So, but yeah, the last thing any Tevis writer wants is to have their crew cancel on them during the ride meeting the night before the ride. <laughs> yeah, because you guys have prepared this, you've gone over it, you've worked it out. Because this is—it's so important that your crew deliver your supplies to the various stops along the way. And wow. Right, right. You know, and you just don't want any stress and that kind of thing. It would be like minute. your grooms for the Olympics, uh, the day you arrive, <laughs> sending you a text and saying, oh, you're on your own. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I was like, oh, gosh. So it all worked out. It was like sometimes things just fall apart and then they come back together again. And every, you know, and the thing was, I just kept telling myself, you know what? It's okay. The horse is fine. The horse is fine. <laughs> I <laughs> might die of starvation is... and thirst, but the horse is fine. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And the horse was great. He did. You know, that's the cool thing. You know, he's 18 now. In fact, he's one of the highest mileage horses to ever complete Tavis. Oh, wow. And with, he's got 9,300 miles now, 10 years of competition. This was his you know, fifth time doing Tevis. And, you, you know, he's just so, he makes it seem so easy for me. I mean, it's not easy. It's never going to be easy. I mean, you're like a zombie for the next week afterwards. <laughs> but during the ride, you know, everything went really well. He did super good and he's looking great. Does he still get all excited for the start? Oh, my gosh. Yes. In fact, when I went to vet him in, he got all wound up and he starts trying to spin around and snorting and get, oh, my gosh. You know, so, um, but then during the actual start, he was calm. You know, there were horses around us that were jigging and going sideways. And he just, you know, he, you know, kind of knows the drill now. So he just did his normal 
nice walk and had his brain um, plugged in, which was really nice on a trail like that, you know, because, you know, a lot of the time you're just hoping they don't take one, because all it's going to take is one wrong step to go off of the edge. And, you know, there's an awful lot of steep, you know, terrain on that ride with drop-offs. and. We're going to talk about that a little bit later with the lady who almost lost her life doing that. (laughs) Yes, she could have. I don't think she realized how close she came, what a close call she had. Wow. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that uh, that all worked out and you ended up with a crew. And and, uh, those are the best friends that will get up at 2 in the morning to come help you out and then stay up till 4, what, uh, 4 the next morning or something? (laughs) Well, exactly, because I finished about 2.23. So tell everybody how long you were out there, 21 hours? Um. Yes, I think so. It was because we start at 5.15, but from the time you finish at 2.23, that, the finish isn't really the finish. I mean, it's the finish line and your time stops. But from there, you have to cross over and go down into the stadium at the fairgrounds in Auburn, and you have to do your victory lap around the stadium, and it's all lit up. And then from there, you go and you pull your tack off and you go vet. Then the way Tevis runs their vetting, because they're really concerned about the horse's welfare, you have to recheck again a, a minimum of one hour and a maximum of two hours past your first set exam. Oh, wow. To recheck the horse to make sure the horse is still doing okay. So that if it's not, they'll be able to, you know, go to work on it and, and help the horse if it needs it. And so. You know, by the time you get all that done and then you go back for your hour plus, hour plus recheck, you know, by the time you do get into bed, the sun is starting to come up again. So you're basically <laughs> have been up for 30 hours by that point. Pretty much. <laughs> yes, it's a pre- pretty much a 30 hour thing. And you were on your <laughs> horse for 21 hours. I mean, that's just quite the a bit. incredible yes. that, when you think about it. That's just crazy. I know. I know. And then early in the ride, I decided I needed to clear part of the trail. There was a branch sticking out in it with my face. So, <laughs> oh, good. So I had a yeah, I had a pretty good scrape on my face, which was, had bled all over the place. And then I got somehow I managed to get my tights ripped on my knee. So I had this huge like hole in my knee. <laughs> it's still healing. It's better. Wow, you showed <laughs> pictures of what your knee looked like after. It was awful. Ugh. Yeah, it was pretty. Yeah. It so what fun. happened? Your tights ripped, and then your. Is that what caused it? Was the branch caused that? Or was I think it, so. Yeah. I, I don't even remember. I don't even know what happened. I just know that I get into Robinson's flat and someone says, oh, your tights are ripped. Oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> and then next thing you know, my knee is getting, you know, kind of rubbed raw because of it. And um, it was like kind of one of those things, well, you know, it's just one day. I can get through anything for one day and just ignored it, you know. And um, But, yeah, by the end of the ride, it was getting pretty bad. But um, I just <laughs> ignored it. You know, the thing that was really, really cool about being at Tevis this year is so many people listened to the show that were there. And everywhere I went on Friday before the ride – People were coming up and introducing themselves and saying, you know, I listened to the Horses in the Morning Endurance show. 
And I was getting to meet a lot of people in person, which was like so cool. Like, remember the two gals that, that we've had on the show a couple times that did the kidney transplant? Oh, yeah, yeah. They were the endurance riders who uh, the one gave a kidney to the other one. That's right. Yep. Exactly. So, so they were there. They came all the way out from like Minnesota and they were crewing. And so I got to meet Kathy and Janet in person. I mean, it was like, it's so well, cool. From it what I great. heard, you donated some of your blood to them, too. <laughs> I did. They had one of those really cool, you know, um, uh, cooling towels, which everybody had at Tevis, so the new thing now, right? And so they they saw me at, at Robinson's flat. We were near each other. And so they came over with, with the towel. In fact, my crew, the, the new crew, the last-minute fill-in crew, uh, Jim, he didn't realize, and this was totally my fault, I didn't label the alcohol. I had just rubbing alcohol in a metal bottle, and you use that, you put it in your cooling water for the horse, mm-hmm. and it helps cool the horses a little faster. He didn't realize that that was alcohol and not plain water when he put it on the wash rag for me to wipe my face oh, off with. Oh, good, with your big cut on your head? With the big cut. Oh, that woke you up. So, <laughs> you did, yes. But, you know, we kind of joked later, well, it did disinfect the wound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, it woke you up, too. Oh, God. I know he felt so bad because he didn't know. And, it was, and we've all done know, that, totally, right? <laughs> oh, gosh. So, uh, so, so Janet and Kathy were there, and Janet came over with the towel and said, here, wipe your face off with this. And I did. And, and then, of course... You know, it got kind of covered in blood. <laughs> well, how cool that, that you know that those two are still such good friends. You know, obviously, uh, they're they're part of Isn't each other, great? right? Um, you know, they are. Yeah. Yes, they. Yeah, they both have a kidney from one person. You know, so and how cool is it that you had all cool. those listeners? You were a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, it's, yeah. One of the your auditors, Terry Emmett, she yep. came all the way from New York with one of her friends to volunteer at Tavis. Really? And so, yeah, isn't that cool? So I got to meet her on Friday, and then on Saturday during the ride, they were out at Deadwood working as volunteers, and so that was really kind of cool. They got to help take care of my horse, and, you know, the volunteers on this ride are just incredible. They're, you know, there's like 800 of them, and all they want to do is help everybody get through the ride, which is the coolest thing because they're there to fill up your water bottles. You know, if you want some watermelon or fruit or whatever it is you need or your horse needs, they're there to help. And, well, and so that was cool. And I, I think she had a really great time coming out and getting to, you know, see the ride, you know, firsthand and, and help out. So that was kind of awesome. Well, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about who did win the ride. Uh, Karen Donnelly won on a horse called Royal Patron, which I assume was an Arab. And she was riding with her son, and they were leading together for like the first, what, 90 miles. I mean, almost to the finish. And then he had to pull up for some reason and never did finish with her. And she ended up winning the race. But what do you do? I had This is an ethical question for you. You're not a mom, and neither are we. So uh, I don't know that we can answer this one. But what do you do when you're getting within one mile of the finish, and you and your son are leading the race? Do you let him go first, or do you beat his ass? I'm not sure which. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> Tough question there, huh? I don't know what you do there. I know it's all for you know, all for one. Uh, you do you try and cross exactly at the same time and have a tie? You know what exactly happens there? We need to get Karen on to find out what she would have done if. Uh... I know. I know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that would be kind of fun. And then and, the, uh, the 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 Huggin Cup is also a big thing. Tell uh, tell everybody about that and who won that. Right, and that's um, the Tevis has their own ratings for that. It's not a like a best condition award like AERC gives. They don't actually give a best condition award. Um, you know, by the AERC standards, they do their own thing, and it's based on horsemanship as well as the horse's condition and all that kind of stuff. And that went to Lisa Ford writing GE Cyclone this year. Very good. Congratulations to her. And now we've had other riders mm-hmm. that have been guests on the show that uh, you wanted to note. Uh, who, who were they and what happened? We have. We had actually quite a few of the guests that we've had on the show that were at Tevis this year. Uh, Heather and Jeremy Reynolds, they both finished. Jeremy oh, they live by us sport. over here in uh, Ocala. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah, yeah. And Heather was 61st. Then we had Julie White that came all the way from Australia, and she finished in the top 10. Let's go back to place. Heather and Jeremy Reynolds, because they're FEI riders, and they're, they're very good. They uh-huh. travel around the world. And I know if two of them are coming in to the finish, they are battling it out, because they will beat the other. That, no question there. <laughs> Nobody is letting anybody <laughs> have that one. <laughs> well, exactly. Jeremy was fourth this year, and it's the first time... He finished Tevis and didn't win. Oh, <laughs> really? He finished Tevis three times before, and, and he's won all three times. Well, jeez. What's wrong with you, so, Jeremy? Fourth. <laughs> he's the fourth, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Slacker. Yeah, anyway, jeez. <laughs> Step it up. <laughs> all right, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I was, what was I, 26? I don't even remember where I was. Somewhere in there, and I, heck, I was happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were twenty six. Let's know. mention that. That's darn good. Out of one hundred eighty, I know. Good job. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Julie so, White from so, Australia, who's been on, right? Yes, she's been on to tell us all about you know endurance riding in Australia. So she rode, I, I believe it was one of Claire Godwin's horses, and fin- she finished eighth. And then Claire, who was on a month or two ago, and told us about the Old Dominion Hundred back east finished 18th and uh, Lisa Schneider who's um, the AARC vice um, president rode a gated horse John Henry uh, finished 40th place and that was her seventh finish and the horse's fifth time which is the most of any gated horse we had Krista Turnage who was on last month to tell us about all of the Tevis media coverage Uh, she finished on her horse's first Tevis for that horse and was 71st. And then we had also a few of the riders that um, unfortunately pulled or did not finish. A couple actually unfortunately got pulled at the finish, which is really tough to see. That's just heartbreaking to see. Um, yeah, because you make it the whole you know, way and then, yeah. <sighs> Oh, gosh, I know, you know, and you've made it through those last couple of checks out at Francisco's at 85 miles in the quarry at 94, and then you get into the finish and something is not right with your horse, and it's like, darn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's sad to see. It's sad, you, you know. And so, actually, the day before the ride, I ended up 
camping and, and parked next to the halls. And I was, we were talking the night before the ride because I was kind of a little nervous because this was going to be my seventh time. And I, you know, um, and I had asked because Anne has finished, had this like nine times and her husband, Hal, has finished 30 times. Wow. And I asked, well, how, how many times have you finished consecutively without a pull? You know, because I know the odds, you know, if the odds are 50-50, the odds for me finishing my seventh time in a row, I'm thinking probably not real good, you know? <laughs> and he told me that he had finished like 16 rides without a pull. And and so now I, I was feeling a whole lot better about going for my seventh, you know, without a pull. So that was kind of inspiring. On an 18-year-old <laughs> horse, too. I mean, let's mention that. Uh, exactly. Yeah. One of the highest mileage horses. There's only been, I think, like maybe one other horse with more mileage than Bo to finish Tavis. Well, now, so, Je- Jamie was out uh, over the weekend. She's been at Monty Roberts Farm in California, and she uh-huh. went beach riding over the weekend and came across these two people who had a Tevis sticker on their truck. And the they were, I think it was a husband and wife, she said, and the guy was riding an Appaloosa. And she asked him about it, and he said, oh, oh yeah, I, I just finished Jeff Tevis. Burton. Yeah, well, she met that's them Jeff. over the weekend at the beach. Jeff and Debbie. <laughs> so it's a small no, world, no. huh? <laughs> It is. And he, he was yeah. like, how did you know us? And we had covered, we had talked about the fact that he was riding in Appaloosa. Did he finish? He did. Uh-huh. Oh, good. Good. Great. That's yeah. good to hear. Yeah, he's a doctor. And, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, small world. That's cool. <laughs> well, now, <laughs> let's do this. Let's uh, get to your endurance tip a little bit later because we're running a little over talking about all this stuff. There's so much going on this morning. Why don't we hear from Distance Depot and then uh, introduce our first guest, and I'll go right into our first guest right after Distance Depot. Okay. So our first guest is Doris White. And she is from Canada. She finished Tevis this year at 4.11 in the morning, riding her horse, Bo Tia Maria, named Tia, she calls her. Uh, She's been riding since 2011 and has like a dozen rides. And her dream was to come out and do Tevis, which she did. And she had quite the adventure doing it. Yeah, one of the most graphic adventures, I would say. So we're gonna yes. we're gonna Quite hear story. we're gonna hear about that right after we hear about our product of the month from Distance Depot. We'll be back, and then we have another guest later on in the show too. We're not done because Tevis looked like nothing compared to what these people did. So we'll, we'll be <laughs> we'll be back. Right. Well, hi, Kristen. Welcome back. It's nice talking to you every month about some of your products at the Distance Depot. Hi, Karen and Glenn. It's great to be here. So tell us what you have that's new this month. Well, we brought in some of the noon electrolytes, um, and these electrolytes are for you, um, not your horse. So we asked a few of our customers that we know um, that ride endurance and also run marathons what electrolytes they were using because over the years lots of people have said, what, what should we be taking? So we asked some of these people, and this noon electrolyte um, is one that they, uh, quite a few people had told us um, they use. So we have two types. We have the active hydration tabs, and we have an energy tab. Both of these you add to your water, 
and um, they come in a tube, 10 tablets to a tube, and the price point is really good. It's around 6 or $7, um, and they taste great. They have clean ingredients, meaning um, plant-based sugars, non-GMO um, plant-based sugars, and they are gluten-free and soy-free and, of course, contain all of the um, electrolyte ingredients, sodium, potassium, magnesium, and calcium. And um, they taste great, and they have the, the active ones come in nine fruit flavors, and the energy tabs um, are electrolytes, which include caffeine sourced from mm-hmm. green tea. So it gives you that boost without making you jittery. And those come in for fun, fruity flavors, too. <laughs> So Karen could have used them. those about one so in the that's morning. Great. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Last I'm week. You. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, I've made sure to keep up with my electrolytes. You know, even like a few days after an endurance ride, it can yeah. really just help with the post ride, you know, recoveries that, that we go through on some of those longer rides, especially. But these look like they come in a nifty little container that would make it they easy to, to, to carry. And, yeah. uh, so you just take a tablet and, and put it into your water bottle? Yep. And, and it, it dissolves. And it tastes great, yeah. And it dissolves. It does take it a little while to dissolve. Um, I, I thought maybe it would dissolve a little faster, but I suppose if you put it in there, if you were a runner, you know, or a rider, and you put it in there, um, by the time you got ready to, to have a drink, you know, your first drink, it would be dissolved by then. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, very, very good. We, we like them. Um, our, our customer service girl has gone to Oklahoma for a show this weekend with her students, and they all took some different flavors to try, so they're going to give us feedback. But so far, we've liked the flavors we've tried. Well, good, good. Yeah. And, and one of the products that, that was really popular at Tevis this year was the Equa Cool Down um, towels. Hey, and we just yeah. had those people on the show last Friday. Oh yeah, they are they're a really unique cooling product and we've sold them for several years, but it's kind of a cool product because it has a a two-step process and you don't need refrigeration and all of that. Basically, once water is absorbed by the fabric, it has a plant extract that's actually infused into the um, fibers and so it makes the retained moisture stay cold and all you have to do is wave it. So you can put it around your neck. They have products for horses, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so they're, it, it's pretty unique to the industry, I think, because you don't need that refrigeration. Right. And how many of the items do you carry? Well, we carry the cooling towel for the people, the equine leg wraps, the equine neck wrap, and the body wrap for the horse. Wow. Yes. Yeah. It's a very, I think it's going to become a very popular item because it, it really did seem like it worked. It, you know, you could just feel the difference in how much cooler uh, the, uh, the temperature of the, the towels were pulling, you know, the heat off of the horses. Well, now yeah. we know that what they were telling us wasn't all just <laughs> PR. It actually does work. <laughs> Good. Exactly. And can you get it, so can you get the horse and the people products with you? Yes, at our store, absolutely. Okay. Yes, you can fi- find them at thedistancedepot.com. Okay, very good. Well, thank you again, Kristen. We appreciate you being on. Thanks, Karen and Glenn. Bye-bye. Thanks. 
Well, thank you for joining us this morning, Doris. We love having you here to talk about Tevis some more. So um, tell us a little bit about how did you get involved in endurance and what made you want to go do Tevis? I... I hadn't, I had, as a child, I had horses and, and, uh, I had an Arab gelding and he was, uh, I had him till I was about 20, but then I got away from horses because life got in the way, right? You know, there was no time, there was no money. And, and, uh, so, uh, in 2007, after 30 years away from horses, Whoa. yeah, wow. I thought it was a brilliant idea to get, Tia, who had one month of training, and I hadn't ridden for 30 years. So, I, I thought this was an excellent plan. I had her for six weeks. Uh, I was riding. I was doing, and, and you know what? It was never Tia's, never Tia's fault. I was riding her. I was doing everything wrong. I got tossed. I broke my neck in two places. I should be dead. I shouldn't be here talking to you. I should oh. be paralyzed from the waist down, or from the Jeez. neck down. But somebody was looking out after me that day, and uh, although I'd like to say I got up and walked out of the field, I didn't. I had to be carted out. And um, so I thought, well, this didn't start out too well. And I thought, <laughs> oh, this doesn't feel so good when you're older. Anyway, so... I went and thought I maybe should take some lessons. That might be a really good place to start. So I started taking lessons, and then I I thought, hey, this other horse has had two months training, so it's pretty much bomb proof. <laughs> so I started riding her, and and with with somebody coaching me and stuff. But meanwhile, Tia was in my pasture, mocking me, <laughs> and. <laughs> And I don't do really well with looking at horses that are totally usable and there's not a darn thing, you know, what's wrong with you. So I I started going for lessons and I said, okay, I won't ride her outside of a corral or I won't ride her outside of the arena and I won't, okay, okay, well, I won't ride her in the park. Okay, well, I'm riding her in the park. Okay, well, I won't ride without somebody else along. Well, (laughs) to the point that, I was riding my horse in the dark <laughs> on Kevin. So in about 2011, I guess, I thought, well, I'll see how she does it in dirt. You know, let's see. Mm-hmm. Let's see mm-hmm. how she does. Well, it turned out she was natural. She just, she pulses down like a trooper. Um, she's good about going down the trail by herself. Um, we've had some disagreements about what pace we're going to go. <laughs> Is she an Arab? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and she's got fast down really well. There's no <laughs> problem with we can go real fast. And so it's just a matter of saying, okay, Tia, slow down and, and let me guide you, whereas Tia's like, no, no, I know the way. <laughs> I know where we're going. We're going there fast. And uh, so, but she's she's one also. like, And now, when I say she's one, we have a very small endurance group here. We don't have... A ton of people, but she's one, you know, she's one top horse in, in competitive trail and endurance. So, you know, she's done well. We've had our bumps in the road. I've done some stupid stuff that didn't work out well for her. So we, it's been a learning process. Mm-hmm. But then 
couple of years back, last year or two years ago, a friend said, I'm going to go to Tevis next year. Do you want to go? And I thought, oh, do I ever? <laughs> and then, but, but the wheels sort of fell off. And I was having a bit of cramping issues. I had saddlebags on her, over her, the back of her saddle, and they were banging against her hip. So I re, readjusted that, went to front saddlebags, and, uh, and, but I couldn't, I couldn't go in 2015. I couldn't go when I, I wasn't confident she was 100%. It just seemed mm-hmm. like a waste of money. Right and and I thought unless I was a, so we we regrouped that was a horrible disappointment you know you you kind of think oh I'm going to Tavis and then it's like no you're not right right yes everybody has those roller coasters in this sport of you know the ups and downs and highs and lows but you made it this year and so mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that whole adventure this whole weekend you had a couple weeks ago. <laughs> oh, it, I I don't know. Do you want to hear the easy boot story? Um, yeah, I, I heard your shoes came off and you ended up at the very last minute getting boots glued on. Well, I went I went over there. It's like I w- first they sent me one place and then they sent me another and then and then I finally ended up at the easy boot people and by then I was just afraid like I was just I was just Aww. a mess. Right. And uh I remember that- your Seeing your posts on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky for me, Garrett Ford was there and talked because I was I was suicidal uh-huh. by that time. You know the lack Aww. of you get the lack of sleep and you get the, living in life in a tent. Um, uh-huh. So so anyway, he got he he fixed me up and and we were on our way. Oh, and good. Yes, yes, but. The the Tevis ride itself, like leading up to the Tevis ride, was so much fun. It really was. It was. I would do a little blog each night and try to look for the humor in in like them locking us out of the showers at five p.m. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and then, you know, it's like what? <laughs> and no ice cream on the grounds to be had in that heat. <gasps> oh <You> know, no! <laughs> yeah, it was like well. Who's missing out on a wonderful opportunity here? So right, right. But Gosh. but the 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 ride itself, um, <laughs> it it I, I was I was surprised at first of all the amount of dirt that's kicked up. <laughs> it, it, uh-huh. it, I came into the first first loop and I, I looked a little bit closer at my my Cougar Rock pictures and I thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Look how dirty my face is. But whatever, you know, you can't really do anything about that. And I wish I had known. I would have like, brought some wet ones or something. Right. Anyway. I always, I always tell people bring baby wipes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I can item. see why. Yes. Yeah, so, so you did go over Cougar Rocks then. I did. I did. And, it was right there. I've got a sure-footed little pony. Um, uh-huh. And I I read about that the way around is 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 not without its issues too. So um, I couldn't give up the photo op. <laughs> well, good for you, good for you. Because I think less than half of the writers go over. They well, don't and, all, and they, they say all. they say it's one or the other: your buckle or your or your uh, picture. And I thought, oh, I hope I'm not. I hope I'm not 
Oh no! Because so. look at look at all the years that was the only option. So mm-hmm. that doesn't really hold true, you know. But I'm mm-hmm. glad you did it. So tell us about later on in the ride. What happened to you after you got more towards Francisco's, which uh, is about eighty-five uh, miles or so? Yeah, well, we had had to because we were told and and erroneously we were told you don't don't you know you don't need glow sticks, you don't need headlamps and. And because the moon, please, <laughs> it's it's dark out there, and we didn't know we didn't know how to get through um, after Forest Hill. So we were kind of stumb- so we got behind somebody with lights and that knew where they were going. So we followed them lickety split because we didn't, you know, we had and I could see us just stumbling around in the dark, lost for days. So we followed them. And, uh, so, you know, we were, uh, we followed them along and, and, uh, I've been following this horse for miles and, you know, I'd said to her and it, you know what, I'm not, uh, uh, don't get me wrong. I was too close, but I said to her, if you, if you stop, let me know because your horse is dark and like, it's kind of hard to see. So uh-huh. it, cause she would turn her lamp on and off. So we were going down and we were going down the decline and, and, um, uh, her horse balked and all of a sudden I thought oh crap her horse is balked with that those back feet just shot out and I remember thinking and this is I think it was about one in the morning so you're kind of I've been up since three and and I remember thinking oh crap he's got shoes on and with that I went one way my horse went the other I came off and let me stop you there Uh I'm also looking at pictures that Karen sent me from the part of the trail that you were on when you came off. You mm-hmm. didn't want to go too far to the left. My horse almost went over the side. I mean, let, let's describe it for people. The, basically, it's what? About a thousand foot drop straight down. So, oh, and there's rocks in the way. There'd be that. Mm-hmm. but uh, And mm-hmm. some trees that you'd hit on the way. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. girl. <laughs> she spun, my horse spun her away, and she did go over the side. Now... People have told me, and I'm glad they didn't tell me at the time. She clawed her way back up. Oh man! She had well, she went over with her back end, but she clawed her way back up. And it was dark at this point, right? It, oh gosh, it yeah. was. Yes, yes, and, <laughs> and yes. And I remember at the time thinking, "Oh crap, I'm going to get stepped on," because she the scrambling and the. But uh, uh, you know, so <laughs> so then, <laughs> so then people come and. And I stood up right away because you get up right away. Get out, get out of the way. Get you know, get up. You're fine. You're you know, don't let anybody see you wounded, right? And uh, I got up, but my nose, I my nose was just pouring blood, and I thought, holy moly! And people came up the trail, which I don't blame them. They said, "Can you get off the trail? Um, we need to get around you." And I thought, "Can I have a moment? <laughs> I'm bleeding." <laughs> so, so. Um, somebody turned on their headlight lamp and I guess they thought I was kidding and blood was just like roaring out my nose. So luckily for me, my friend had had a bandana still with her because I had nothing. I guess I could have taken off my shirt and put it against my nose, but I was wearing somebody else's shirt so I was trying not to bleed on it. So, so I'm thinking, oh, this is, this is. but the thing I, I, I was thinking was, I'm so close to the end. So, you know, I kind of figure I was 82 to 80 mile, 82 to 86. 
Uh huh. So, so, and, and, and I didn't realize I'd hurt my legs so badly. But I thought, I just thought it was from all the riding my knees had ceased up. Uh-huh. So, so, um, I tried to get on, but I couldn't because my, I couldn't push off. So my friend Wendy got off and, and, and helped me back on my horse. But she did my one, my right stirrup up too high. So until I rode a long way with my knee almost up to my armpit and, and bleeding all the way <laughs> and trying to stop this one. Oh, and now I have to breathe through my mouth because I can't breathe through my nose. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, I'm getting so thirsty. But I couldn't, I trying to get my water out and then uh-huh. put it back with like it. So I got to the, I got to the, um, the vet check and, and I thought, I said to Wendy, I think I'm going to be pulled because I wasn't sure if she, if Tia had been hurt or not. Uh-huh. So I trotted her out as best I could because, and he said, no, she, the vet said, no, she looks fine. And I said, and then I, so I said to him, okay, look at my nose. Is it broken? <laughs> and he shone the flashlight on it and said, no. Oh, good. Your horse would be fine at the vet check. It's you that wasn't going to pass the vet check. <laughs> I was, I was continuing. I was so, I thought, you know, how you run your, your teeth, your tongue along your teeth. Cause I figured I was going to be, I figured I was going to be spitting out teeth. I Ooh. thought, oh, yay, I went to Tevis and I lost my front teeth. <laughs> oh, joy. Oh, gosh. It's, so you made it in at 4.11 in the morning in 50th place. Mm-hmm. That's great. When and, did you notice the leg? <laughs> now, we'll post okay. a picture in our show notes for today's episode. It will not be the main picture because I don't want to totally gross <laughs> everyone out. But um, when did you notice that your leg was all shades of colors? I went to bed with my riding points on, which I think just held everything in place. <laughs> so, because I was too tired to... I was too tired to say, okay, I'm going to take these clothes off. I thought, no, I'm just going to climb into my cot. I'm good. I thought, whatever, I'll figure this all out tomorrow. And I still didn't realize. I just thought my one knee ached, but the other one was kind of sore. But my le- my right leg really ached. So when I went the next morning to shower and I looked at my two legs, I thought, oh, look at this. Because one was double the size of the other. Oh. And I thought... Wow. But I was getting on. It's not like I could have said, oh, I think I'll ice my leg because we were headed out to catch a plane home because we both had to work. And uh, so it, it, I don't think I started icing it, which was stupid until about Tuesday, which was, again, stupid. And, oh, no. and by each day, it got more and more colorful, like really colorful. So then on um, this past Sunday, I, I did go to just to make sure that I hadn't... You mean you finally, a week later, went to the doctor? <laughs> yes. You are such a horse girl. You sound so much like my wife. <laughs> it was to like... drag her, throw her in the car, her head's bleeding from, you know, a kick to the head, and it's like, no, I'm taking you to the hospital. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Monty Python where, no, it's just a flesh wound. I know, and his legs hanging, you know, gets chopped off. Yes, that's, uh, yes. And that and that person was a horse girl, you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, well, and it, but the thing was, I was so close to the end. I was so close. To, and, and, and unless they said, you are out, and, and even then I would have debated it, but if my horse was out, I was out. But she wasn't. And but that's, 
I thought I owed it to her. And you know what? I wasn't gravely wounded. So I thought I owed it to her to finish. And, uh, and, and I owed it to myself. That leg and, you know, had to be it, sore, I, though. Let me tell you. Look at how bruised <laughs> it was. That you, were, you were limping for a couple days. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Advil, <laughs> Tylenol. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it, 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 somebody said blood, go, blood dries, bruises heal. That buckle, I've got that shiny buckle, <laughs> and it's gonna get in a shadow box. And it, it was an excellent, excellent, epic adventure, and I had more fun. I, the fun police should have come and got me. <laughs> and look, he got you on the radio too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Karen was asking, and I did a, a little column about about Tevis and about kind of like Tevis myths and. And I, I, you know, it's interesting how many people um, shared it and stuff because I was led to believe that you had to be a supreme athlete. Well, I'm far from it. Well, and that just goes to show you've had a dream even even later in life. You can accomplish that dream, uh, you know, even on a horse that was a little troublesome to begin with. Yes. So, yeah. Sometimes they're the best ones, right? Exactly. Well, what we can do, Glenn, is we can share her um, her notes that she made about doing Tevas the first time, which are uh, lots of nice advice. I really like the the last one where it says, uh, "Get the number for the ice cream delivery guy." <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, there's a cash cow there that somebody is just missing out on. <laughs> All right, good. Well, we're glad you made it through. Okay, congratulations on finishing Tevas. Mm-hmm. There were what this time seventy that didn't. Care Karen, so good for you. I, I'm not, yeah, I'll have to double check the numbers and, and make sure, but I think it was around a 52.7% completion rate out of, uh, I think there was 165 starters. Let, can I ask you your age, by the way? I'll be 60 in December. There you go. Good for you. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I, I did that on purpose because I just wanted to show that, you know, it doesn't matter what your age is to make a dream come true, right? Well, and you're only as old as you, you know, it's a number, right? I mm-hmm. I never thought I'd make it this far, and now, oh, look what, you know, and, and I don't feel 60, but I'm not. I'm not 60 yet, so. But boy, was that a darn close call you had there, because that cliff was right there. <laughs> it is darn good you fell one direction and not the other, because that would have been bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't. You know what, those you come with the plan, and it wasn't my day. You know what? Right? It was probably it better was. for you to have that happen in the dark where you couldn't see what was there. Exactly. Because you would exactly. have panicked more had you seen that cliff and the thousand-foot drop, right? Um, yeah. And you might have done something stupid then. This way, you just, you know, you might have tried to correct and, and caused it to be worse. Um, yeah. This yeah. way, it just happened. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yes. Well, thank you, Doris, for joining us. And again, congratulations to you on your completion. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was it was so much fun. Now it polish really that was. buckle and get it framed. I will. I will. <laughs> well, that was Doris White we were speaking to. She was the one that uh, the picture went around Facebook of her leg looking like it had been run over by a Mack truck. And uh, and we have that picture. We'll put it in the show notes, but I'm not putting it as the main picture in the show notes, Karen, because... Um, 
<laughs> it's pretty gross. But Good I plan. Yeah, But you know, when, when you do think about it, what would have happened maybe in the daytime? I was thinking about that as we were talked to her when we did the interview. You know, if that had happened in the daytime, she might have panicked because literally if the horse had fallen the other way, they both would have died. Um, oh, they, yeah, yeah. Yes. It could have ended much worse. So yeah, she has quite the story to tell. <laughs> 60 years old and late in life decided she wanted to do about my age. Now she decided she wanted to do this and ended up doing it. I can't imagine right. taking that up now at my age with my energy level, which is sometimes about zero, um, you know, and then doing that. That's just incredible. Isn't it great? It's just incredible. Well, quick Olympic update. They are in the middle of show jumping. I am shocked at how empty the stands are, by the way. Um, it would not I be know. that way at Rolex. It would not be that way at all. But the stands are, I would say, only about 50% of that. But they are some. Cl- they are getting some clean rides and then some rides with some rails and uh, a little bit of both right now. Uh, but the big, the ones who are in the leaderboard are yet to come. I think Boyd Martin's supposed to be coming in shortly. So that's what's happening right now on the Olympics. But now you have a trainer's tip or a a endurance tip for us i do one of the things i learned at tevis was how to properly ride with a headlamp and bo taught me very well what to do and what not to do with in regards to that he historically has not liked headlamps when i ride with him and so Prior to Tevis, I went onto Amazon and I looked up a bunch of reviews and I found a headlamp that got a lot of really good reviews and we can post the link to it because it was only like a $20 headlamp. Uh, It has two separate buttons, one for a red light, which the horses seem to accept a lot better because it doesn't blind them the same way as like a bright white light does. And then it's got the second um, button for the white light. And as it turned out, finally, Bo was accepting of me having the white light on when I rode him because at Tevis this year, the moon didn't come up until like 10, 1030 at night. So we were out there in the dark for quite a while before the moon came up. So, I mean, it was dark. And you're on these narrow trails with drop-offs. Okay, I've asked you this before, first of all. <laughs> that, you know, that, that that's just crazy. But, I mean, you really have to trust your horse. I. I think I've only had one horse that I would trust that much. Right, right. I know. Yes, it, and that's the cool thing. That's why when people finish Tevis, well, you know, you're not only relieved that you lived through it and you made it to the end, but you have developed this huge, you know, um, team effort with your horse. And so now you've got this, you know, it's a huge bond that you make with your horse when you get through something like that. It's just incredible. And and so Bo was actually letting me turn the headlamp on, which was great because it made me feel a lot better to be able to see the trail. And and so the things I learned. Oh, did we lose? Don't tell me we lost our cell now. Uh-oh. <laughs> Once again, she was on the okay. part. Are you there? Oh, no. I'm here. Okay. I'm here. I didn't go. Am I still here? Okay. So keep looking straight ahead. Point the light straight between your horse's ears and keep looking at the trail. Um, you know, if for some reason I needed to get off, I covered the light with my um, hands or I would switch it back off so that, 
you don't accidentally get off and point the light right into your horse's eyes and then blind them because it takes them, you know, a few minutes to adjust between the light going on and off, you know, in front of their face. Uh, you, you know, one of the things Bo taught me right away, which I learned very quickly, was if I turned my, because he was, he kind of learned to follow the light. He was following the light. So that's why I had to keep looking straight ahead. I would sometimes want to turn and look at the scenery, like the river was down below us quite a ways down. Um, and, and anytime I would turn and look, he would instantly stop. <laughs> And it was like that's never good deceleration no it's not but i have to give him credit at least he wasn't trying to follow the light when i turned my head because we would have definitely gone right off of the trail so i learned right away no sightseeing karen you know you just have to keep looking straight ahead at the trail you know that's that kind of thing. And, and so that w- it was kind of interesting. Um, and then the other thing was to try to be as considerate as you can of other riders because, you know, the light can be blinding to them and to their horses. You know, it's like if somebody's behind you and they've got a headlamp on it, uh, shining behind you, there's going to be a bunch of shadows being cast. And some horses are okay with that and then others are going to not like it. And this was probably the first time that Bo actually did really good with a headlamp on. And I was really impressed actually with this headlamp because, you know, for only 20 bucks, it actually showed, you know, a lot, plenty of light. I mean, it was very easy to see the trail ahead. And so this is just one of those items that's helpful for any uh, endurance rider to have, whether you're riding you know, in the middle of the night on a narrow trail with drop-offs, or you just want to be able to go out in the dark and feed for some reason, you know, or in the winter time when it gets dark early. Now, but, uh, which, it's a, it's did you have to thing. change batteries a lot? I didn't, no. The batteries lasted, I think it, it just runs on a couple of double A's, and uh, the batteries lasted. I put the headlamp on it. Uh, Forest Hill, which is I think 67 miles, and then, but I still had some daylight, luckily, uh, for a little bit, and then, um, so I'm trying to think. I probably had used it for maybe a total of five hours or so in the dark, and um, and didn't have any trouble. It, it lasted that whole time. And a- what's nice about about it is it's not a big heavy one. Now they're making those much lighter now and, and are actually much brighter thanks mm-hmm. to the LEDs than they used to be. Um, right. So, so right. are, are, do was it about half the people use headlamps and half don't or? Um, yes, it depends. You know, so some people, like I've mostly not used the headlamp on my previous Tevises because Bo, always, he always objected. He never liked shadows or anything like that he preferred to be in the dark and i always just tested him because the horses can see a lot better than we can in the dark and uh so this was kind of the first time but i do know quite a few of the riders do like to use the headlamps very good well now let me uh, which one was it again that you got which model because there's like a thousand of those it is i have a link we can post it it was from amazon and um, I basically just went on there and looked up a few 
um, in the search and then read the reviews. Oh, that's, that's you got the Bacello really one. Um, yeah, that one is known for being there very bright. Yep. Uh, yeah, it, it was. Cool. It was. It was great. Well, while we're waiting for our next guest, and okay. uh, they made your ride look uh, minor, so um, we're going to talk to them about they actually had a first on long distance riding. But uh, first, I wanted to ask you about Valerie Ashker. Uh, Lainey Ashker, the eventer's mom, started out on her cross-country trip and made it from California through Nevada. And I guess, what are they in? Uh, what state are they in now? Nebraska? Um, no, they yes, they made it through Nevada. They made it through Utah and okay. part of the way through Colorado now. Uh, okay. She's in Pueblo, Colorado, and her driver, unfortunately, has left. So she is looking. He got for sick of driving driver. at four miles an hour across the country, <laughs> <laughs> and sitting and waiting for hours. Yeah, hours. that's so got to be a boring job being the driver. For sure. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, and it's a lot of work. I mean, it's because you know you've got to stop and fill up fuel and fill up water for the horses and set up their pins and you know get their feed and and all that kind of stuff. So it's a it's a big job uh you know but for somebody that wants to see the country you know literally one mile at a time <laughs> it would be you know an adventure so she so, is looking for someone that can come and help her keep moving her rig well, so basically she's her. in pueblo colorado now and she's stuck there because she has nobody to drive the truck is that the case well her actually i think her parents are there now and um of course i think her dad is 85 years old and he's been kind of helping with moving the rig and, and stuff like that but you know i don't think he can keep you know keep it up for for the next however many weeks or months that she needs so she's looking for somebody hopefully that can come and help move the rig even if it's just for a you know, a few days or a week well, at a time. And if she's in Pueblo, then she crossed the Rockies. She's uh, she's past the Rockies mm-hmm. at this point. Yes, and the horses are looking great. Her her off the track thoroughbreds are both doing really well, and you know she's she's done a pretty amazing job so far. And and actually, I think on August fifteenth, her other friend. Um, Peter is going to be leaving. He's been riding her second horse. So she's also going to need somebody that can ride with her, I think, on the other horse. So if anybody is interested in doing that, um, look her up on uh, Second Makes Through Starting Gates on Facebook and get in touch. And uh, um, that would be kind of a... um, you know, a neat adventure for somebody, especially if they're a um, a thoroughbred fan to get to go do, you know. And then one of our other guests that we've had on and um, previously was Samantha from the Nevada Discovery Ride. She is starting her new ride, which is going to be over a thousand miles tomorrow. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's right. We talked to her. Yep. And she's going to, that's a, uh, that's a uh, Nevada, pretty wild ride too. She, so. Yeah, she's on a BLM Mustang. Yep. Very cool. Well, your next guest yeah. is ready, uh, and I think uh, I think you mentioned him before, Wayne, and tell us why he is coming on. Well, Wayne and Phyllis Keller just recently rode the entire Tahoe Rim Trail. They're, um, I think, I believe they're the first ones that actually have ridden 
the entire ride is a through ride on their horses, which is really cool because they did over 29,000 feet of elevation, Whoa. which is more than people that climb up to Mount Everest. Whoa. So that's really cool. And Wayne also was the other person on my Tevis crew, which was great um, because that all came together super, super good. So um, good morning, Wayne. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Are you there? Hi. Well, before you, before you continue, Karen, I just got to say, Wayne, thank you for taking care of our girl, because I'd hate to do the endurance show by myself. So, <laughs> Well, Glenn, I'll tell you something. My life changed once I met Karen in so many ways, all involving horses. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad that you took care of her on, on Tevis and that she got back safe. Uh, we, we appreciate that. <laughs> So, Wayne, tell us about, uh, for the listeners that have no clue what the Tahoe Rim Trail is, tell us about it. Essentially, the Tahoe Rim Trail is a trail that circumvents the entire lake. Um, It's 170 miles long. Um, It's an amazing trail. Whoever built it, I mean, there's so many man hours. But it um, has just a variety of terrain, but most of it is, up and down. There's very, very little flat, if any. And it's a, it's the hardest and most challenging trail either Phyllis and I have ever ridden. And we've been some pretty, some pretty uh, gnarly places. So it, it's a challenge, but it's also a really beautiful trail. There's nothing more prettier than the, in the Lake Tahoe area basin there. And so what did you do to get prepared to go do that? Well, both of us ride endurance horses, and the very first thing is you need a very fit horse and a very trail-wise horse. Uh, I would not take any new horses up there or horses that that certainly weren't very fit. That was just the basic. Both Phyllis and I independently, because we live in different areas, we got our packs together, our equipment, and we altered and practiced. And, you know, I camped in my backyard highlining my horse, because you must highline by Forest Service rules. She did the same. I went on an overnighter with your husband, as a matter of fact, to Star Lake, and just to check everything out to make sure that it was, you know, going to work for the for the nine day trip. Right, and and then how did you manage as far as the horses' food and water? Uh, that's the real challenge. Uh, the biggest problem you can't carry much feed. We carried Elk Grove milling. Um, which, you know, and, and other long riders carry grain about six to seven pounds per day, which means they have to graze the rest. My horse eats 20 to 22 pounds a day, so you got to constantly look for grass. Um, you cannot do it without, without someone resupplying you every couple of days. It's just not possible because you can't carry the feed. And, of course, the water's an issue. You can't carry water, so you really have to pay attention to the water sources and, and avail yourself of every chance to drink for the horses. And I know it was interesting. You told me that you never saw any other horses on the trail. That just seems so strange to me that more equestrians aren't out there, you know, even experiencing sections of this trail because it's just so awesome. Oh, we were surprised, and I read on uh, the website that only 2% of the trail is used by equestrians, but we thought we would see some, you know, daytime or weekend riders, and not a one. We saw a lot of hikers, a lot of Pacific Crest Trail through hikers, uh, 
and a mm-hmm. lot of mountain bikes, but not another horse. We were kind of surprised. So what were the hikers like that you encountered? Actually, the hikers were were the high point for us um, as far as meeting other people, especially the PCT, which is Pacific Crest Trail Hikers. At that point, they've done about 1,100 miles. They're en route from the border of Mexico to Canada, which is about 2,600 miles. And by this time, they have a lot of trail time, and they're pretty weary, but we just had a ball talking to these folks. Very supportive, loved the horses. Um, they all had great stories and really gave us an appreciation of those doing those long through hikes. And it was fun. It was fun meeting them. We, we enjoyed it and they seemed to enjoy us. So it was pretty good. Now, were a lot of them asking for a ride at that point? Uh, <laughs> 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 you know, Glenn, you always go to the heart of the question. Actually, um, my best <laughs> offer was $2,000 for a ride. Um, it started out 1000 and then the next guy that wanted to ride, I told him the bid and he upped it to 2000 See, I thought so. I thought so. I mean, that's at the point of that walk where you're just really sick of walking. Uh, so. <laughs> that, that's pretty much what we saw. You could you could see they had some of them had the thousand yard stair where they you know were really tired <laughs> because of, you know done a lot of miles. But what do they say on that walk? Uh, that walk especially in the Appalachian Trail is the same way. You appreciate the scenery for the first day and the last day. And everything in between just <laughs> is uh, one foot in front of the other. <laughs> you, you know, the interesting know. thing is I, I saw some parallels with our ride versus theirs. Now, I know ours was only nine days, but you go through phases and, you know, you can see the enthusiasm in the beginning and then in the middle of the trip, you're kind of, you're just one foot in front of the other. And then near the end, you really want to get to the end because you get kind of tired. So a lot of similarities. How'd your horses do in this whole thing? You know, the horses did great. Uh, we have two very different horses. Phyllis has a wonderful Arab, and which, of course, is best suited for this. And I have a rather large uh, spotted saddle horse, which is gated. And um, my horse is kind of a steady Freddy, but he's, you know, he's bigger. And Curious George, her horse, is kind of a, he's like a teenager. He's always into stuff. And the two of them got along really well. Um, they never, ever hesitated. You know, a little water crossing, something like that, but just momentarily. And they were just, they... <laughs> remind me of how fantastic horses are. We went in some really, really difficult granite steps and granite trails up in the desolation area, especially, and they just were absolutely wonderful. I, I can't say enough about the horses. I'm I'm new to horses kind of late in life, and wow, they're so fantastic. Well, now, that brings up a question. Were you using the Renegade boots for this trip? As a matter of fact, uh, Phyllis had Renegades on all fours, I had renegades on my rears, and I had another brand on the fronts. And just a little comment about that, Phyllis never lost a boot, never wore out a boot, never had to adjust a boot the entire time. The rears, my renegades, same thing. Perfect. The fronts, again, another brand, um, I wore them out in three days and uh, wore right through them. And I, um, at at the end of it. The trip, I because I, I'm switching over to Renegades, and I'm just amazed at the difference. Uh, Renegades were just absolutely amazing because we went through some granite that would 
just grind off your boots and and it did for the ones in the front so uh renegades full disclosure here i did not ask you about that before we started we i did did i i never talked to you about that that renegade is a sponsor (laughs) of this episode and i was taking a chance when i I asked you that because I had no idea what you were going to say. But I was pretty confident because Renegades really don't disappoint people. And uh, you, could f- you, can f- you can look that up, Renegade Hoof Boots. You'll see Karen's picture on their website. But uh, there's oh, a testimonial right there. And Bo's used them through five crevices now, you know. Uh, and so, yeah, they're a nice, reliable boot made in the USA, which is which is great. And they're easy to use, right, Wayne? Um, you know, the thing I like about them is they're much, much, easier to, much easier to put on. Um, they seem, the material seems tougher to me. They seem to last better. And the Captivator, I like, kind of protects the heel because we were on a lot of rock and steps and technical, and they would slip off and they would hit on the, the, high, you know, the, the rear end where the bulbs are, and the Captivator's, protected that so yeah they're easier to put on they last longer and uh i'm a big fan i i decided i was going to switch over after they sponsored us in the uh, rose parade and i was really impressed on this trip with them well it's renegadehoofboots.com and i can't we can't give you a better testimonial than that right there now i have to ask you i also ask you as you know the really hard questions like did you see any bears or like uh <laughs> mountain lions next, next one too. yeah was something eating your food at night uh did, you know were you attacked at any point Boy, Glenn, am I going to disappoint you on this one? We saw very little wildlife. We were actually somewhat uh, disappointed and surprised. We saw three deer. We saw no bears, and I was looking for bears. One, I didn't want to get thrown off my horse, and two, I wanted to see a bear. Um, Now, I don't know, maybe it was because Phyllis had a bear bell on the back of her pack. (laughs) Maybe. Just tinkle-linking. I don't think that was it, but we didn't see, you know, we saw a few hawks, but we saw very little wildlife it was kind of we saw a lot of chipmunks you know and that was a lot of squirrels but that was about it nothing got in our food because we uh we would you know highline it in a tree so we didn't have any problem with that but no bears it sounds like the only thing that would have been getting in your food is those hungry hikers at about that point um <laughs> <laughs> and and now what were the bugs like bugs and bees and things like that Okay, yeah, sometimes I wonder why they invented bugs. Um, <laughs> sometimes no problem. Sometimes we had the mosquito deal. I, I, just a side story, I, I had a, um, uh, a riding, you know, flying mask on my horse a couple times, and one hiker who obviously knew nothing about horses was amazed that we would take a blind horse up on that trail, which is kind of funny. <laughs> But um, the bugs weren't too bad. The one problem that, that I discovered on this trip is you, you can't take a bottle of fly spray with you. So if you would spray at the, at the trailer when you're getting supported, at the end of the day, after the horses sweat, at night they wouldn't have protection. And Phyllis was pretty sharp. She brought these wipes, just regular people, you know, wipes with deed on them and would wipe the horses down. So I learned you can pack those and, and, and you can, you know, protect the horse. I also took a, a very thin rain sheet that I put on my horse every night, and that helped them a little bit. Um, the worst thing is, <laughs> one, 
we had one place to, to, to stop and camp and there's limited access for your resupply. So you don't have a lot of choices. It's a kind of a logistical nightmare to try to resupply. But we had this one place and there were, there were uh, meat bees there. And I mean, thousands of them. They didn't bite, oh, gosh. Uh, but they were on the water and the food and the horses didn't want to eat. And you're stuck because there's nowhere else to go. So we spent the night and I hope that we could get out of there before they awoke, but they get up pretty darn early. So that was, <laughs> oh, Jesus. That was <laughs> I like hotels, <laughs> but, Wayne. I really do. I'm just saying. Even a, you know, Motel 6 sounds better than that right now. Uh, now, we're talking to Wayne Wilway, and uh, he went out with Phyllis Keller, and they just completed the 170-mile Tahoe Rim Trail. And I'm looking at pictures of this thing, and pretty much if you don't like going up and down, you should not consider this ride. It, this thing is just up and down. I can tell you this. There's segments that are okay to ride, and a lot of people ride them in segments, but some of the areas are so difficult and, and uh, entire certain you know, navigation like we did so difficult that I only know about a handful of people that would actually go ride it because you're on the, sometimes you're on the side of a mountain and you're in shale and it's slipping and narrow trails and all the things that, you know, in endurance we do a lot of. So we don't, you know, it's not as big a deal, but the normal, normal person, the normal rider would never, ever want to go up there. It's just too tough. Well, before we run out of time, we have the most important question. Is people who are doing through hikes like that on, on the Appalachian Trail or the Pacific Trail all get hiker nicknames? They all have their nicknames that they give each other, and they're known for that for the entire uh, length of the hike. Did you have your own nicknames? Um, no, we didn't. We, you know, we, we could come up with some for you if you want. I'm sure that Karen and I could come up with something. <laughs> I would trust Karen to come up with the names, Lynn. I don't know if I can trust you to come up with the names. <laughs> It'd be memorable. <laughs> For sure. Do you have another height now? Is there another one now that you've tackled this that nobody did? Or is like Mount Everest on horses next, or what's coming up? Okay, well, this is crazy, and you'll probably understand how crazy it is, but we we took this ride or did this ride as a warm-up or kind of a test ride in anticipation of maybe doing the PCT next year, the Pacific Crest Trail. Um, now, can however, you even do that on horseback? Are you allowed? Yes. Okay. The entire trail is, is uh, but there's very, there's only a handful of people that have done it. It's, you know, as you can imagine, 2,600 miles, it's a heck of a challenge. So I'm, I'm having second thoughts because it's, you know, you, you don't realize how tough things are until you go out and do something like this. Still kind of planning on it, maybe, and Phyllis is still planning on it, maybe, so we might be back on the show talking about the PCT one day. Wow. Now that, <laughs> wow. That, I don't know if anybody that's done the Appalachian Trail uh, with that, you know, I don't know. I don't know of anybody either that's done the Appalachian Trail, come to think about it. I don't know if that's uh, all open think, to horses, though. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, I I read a, the Appalachian Trail was not open to horses, so I'm not sure, but yeah. the PCT is. Well, now, and anybody that wants to get an idea, if you have no idea what the Pacific uh, Crest Trail is, just rent the movie Wild uh, with Reese Witherspoon, and pretty much it'll never make you want to hike anywhere ever again. Um, So, (laughs) I don't know if you've seen the movie, but uh, it pretty much, Reese convinces you by the end of that that you don't want to do this, and that was based on a true story that she did that movie. (laughs) 
So. Well, I will say this. After doing our, our Tahoe Rim Trail, I have a, a new respect for long riders, and that's, you know, anybody that does over 1,000 miles, like Samantha that's starting now, uh, it's incredible. The gals that are on the PCT, that's such an accomplishment. You just can't even imagine. So I have a new respect for those folks. Well, you know, they're doing that in, in the Mongol Derby right now. You could go ride a bunch of crazy little ponies that want to kill you for <laughs> 1,000 kilometers next year. <laughs> it's open to you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the ultimate Glenn, crazy there. Glenn, we'll, we'll follow you. <laughs> okay, no, I was going to follow Wayne, actually. I, I, can, I don't even think I'd want to go along and, like, root for you. I can do that from here. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, no, no, maybe I'll be Wayne's crew for that. There you go. <laughs> I don't think they have crews. It's pretty much a free-for-all. <laughs> Can I mention one last thing? Yeah. The, un- the unsung heroes of any of these rides are the support and the crew. Nobody realizes how difficult it is and how much work it is to be to be the crew. And we had Phyllis's husband, uh, Bryce, who was just absolutely super crewman. And they don't get any credit, and they work their rear ends off, and they really have to coordinate everything. So it takes a crew for all this stuff, for support friends, and it, you couldn't do it without them. Any of these long rides, you couldn't do them without other people helping you. So that's, uh, you know, part of the allure of it. You get to meet some really cool people and really bond with them in that regard. So that's kind of nice, too. Did you have any cell service the entire trip? Yes, I did, but not for about the little, probably six or seven days, and then I finally got some at the end. I planned on posting pictures, but I couldn't, and so I just did it all at the end. But yeah. when you, it's funny, because when you get cell service, you're so thrilled. It's like seeing that Motel 6. You're back <laughs> in civilization. You know? <laughs> I'd be three days in, and I'd have the shakes. I wouldn't be able to continue anyway. They'd have to carry me out in a helicopter. <laughs> We'd find Glenn down at uh, South Shore in one of the casinos. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'd have my cell phone out and be okay, like, Glenn. finally. <laughs> Glenn, Glenn, I think you're being overly generous. I don't think you'd last a day. I don't think I would either. No, I'm uh, totally with you, Wayne. I definitely would not last a day. Uh, You know, I've always wanted to do one of those uh, dude ranches, but I always wanted to do. I always wanted to do the food wagon. I'd be the chef. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll be on the carriage. Thank you. Let you guys do the riding, Wayne. Thank you so much. You're always a pleasure. It's always fun. And congratulations. What a ride. Yeah, congratulations, Wayne and Phyllis. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thanks, Wayne. Next one, let us know. I'll be crewing Tevis next year. All right, good. (laughs) All right, and if you decide to do, if you decide, let's do it this way. If you decide to be crazy enough to do the Pacific Rim Trail, we're going to start a podcast just for you. And the occasional times you have cell service, we're going to be checking in. We're going to be putting out episodes. Because that'll be okay. some, that'll be something be we want to follow. We're gonna do a we're gonna do a Pacific Rim Trail podcast, and we're gonna follow you your whole trip and we're, ups and downs and nightmares and the whole thing. <laughs> okay, you do that one. You will see Sounds a bear, fun. Wayne. I guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wayne. Thanks. <laughs> and I think you have to go out and meet him along the way to get the interviews in person. For sure, yeah, and bring a horse along. <laughs> That's right. Just Take a fun. ride with him for a little bit. You know? That would be crazy, that ride. I don't know if you saw the movie Wild, but you really should. Um, I'm just, going to. Yeah, yeah. Rend- Reese was good in the movie. I mean, she made Despair look good, uh, you know, because Reese is Reese. But, uh, yeah, whew. 
Wow. He's a brave yeah. guy, and he's funny, too. I like him. Yeah, 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 he's a lot of fun. We're going to have to keep um, him in mind. If ever you can't do a month with us for whatever reason, I get Wayne on as a co-host. Do I have to keep that That'll in mind? That'll work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, you know, he's got this really cool gated horse. He's done, you know, he, he and Phyllis actually both were in our Rose Parade group. So yeah. the, their horses have both done the Rose Parade. They've both done hundreds. And he obviously and, listens um, to the show because he knows everything. how much of a wimp I am. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's coming up uh, before we wrap today? Um, my next ride is going to be um, Eastern High Sierra Classic, which is in the you know Eastern High Sierras, which is uh, a really fun um, ride. It's just beautiful, gorgeous country and terrain. Uh, other rides, if anybody is interested, go to aerc.org and look up the ride calendar because we're in the middle of you know ride season right now. There's rides all over the country. And the Eastern, uh, for those uh, people that are not familiar, is in the Eastern High Sierras are in California. And uh, you won't have a lot of flat there either, will you? No, not <laughs> a lot of flat. And again, there's switchbacks and narrow trails, and, um, and we may see a bear. <laughs> <laughs> do you carry the bear bell or bear spray or anything with you? Or do you just trust no, your I horse don't. can outrun I've it? Been- <laughs> Well, you know, luckily, every time I've encountered a bear on a trail, which has been quite a few times, they're always running the other way. Yay. Yeah, yay. <laughs> I don't know what, what I would do otherwise. <laughs> yay. They're not looking at your horse and going, Arab sushi. Uh, we- <laughs> That'd be bad. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it would be bad. And we're going to end the show on that. Well, thank you, Karen, once again, and congratulations on completing your seventh Tevis Cup. Um, and uh, Bo on on his amazing achievements. Now, will Bo be retired from Tevis at this point? Is this his last one? You know, we're going to see. Just, you know, if everything comes together next year, like this year I waited until 30 days, you know, the deadline, because that's when the entry fee goes up another $100. Right. (laughs) And that's when I entered, because I want to wait as close as I can to the ride and just make sure everything's coming together and the horse is doing good. Cause yes, next year he'll be 19. So he, you know, probably doesn't have a lot of time left to be doing rides like Tevis. Although like last year, a 24 year old horse completed Tevis. So, um, you know, it's still possible. So possible. Well, if um, you you, I don't know if you've heard the rumors, but uh, not rumors anymore that that try on here in North Carolina near Asheville, where they have a endurance ride, is um, is going to be putting in. They're putting in a bid for the WAG that got canceled in Canada. So we had right. we had Mark Bellissimo on the head of that company yesterday talking about it, and if they do that, then we're going to have a wag with endurance. You'll have to help us with that endurance coverage. You have to be our endurance oh, correspondent cool. for that, okay. and uh, that'll be cool because that's not too far from us. Actually, that's about a six seven hour drive. So um, oh, great. we'll be we'll be definitely covering and doing a lot of wag coverage for that, and uh, let's hope it happens. Yes, yes. You might have to get your FEI card. Oh, cool. Come on in. <laughs> I know. I'm not that fast. 
All right, Karen, thanks a bunch, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again next month. If you want to catch all of Karen's episodes, just go to horseinthemorning.com, search for Endurance, or search for Karen Chatton, and you will find her, her all of her past episodes that we've had on here for years now. And you can find all of our shows on our app. It's free. It's easy to download. Just go to iOS or Android App Store and search for Horse Radio Network. Horses in the Morning is one of 10 different shows that you'll find there. Take care, everybody. Be safe.